to Dynamo's Dozen, a podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, fresh socks and jocks, music, muesli, movies and everything in between and I never forget to talk. So... Today I have another thrilling podcast for you where I speak to a good friend of mine, Phil Boyd. That's right, Phil started wrestling back in 2002 with NWA Ireland and has been wrestling ever since. He has competed all across the globe, picking up numerous titles along the way. Those titles include the NWA Ireland Heavyweight Championship, which he held for well over a year. The FWF Tag Team Titles the NWA UK heavyweight title, PWU tag team titles, and current PWU All-Ulster heavyweight champion, to name a few. Phil has been an integral part of Irish wrestling since day one and is one of the most important figures within the scene to this day. He has run Fight Factory Pro Wrestling since 2004 in my own hometown of Bray, and he has now brought it to the city centre of Dublin, He has trained some of the biggest names around Europe and continues to develop amazing talent every single week in Fight Factory Pro Wrestling, which you can find on Facebook. We will give you links and we will talk about that a little bit later on. But before I get to Phil, I just want to thank all of you guys again as we are at 400 downloads. 400 downloads in just over six weeks and counting we're soon to be on iTunes here where Dynamo's Dozen will eat. It will get even bigger. It will get even bigger. And I have some amazing guests coming up on the show, including a former Chelsea player and a huge figure in the world of heavy metal. So, before I start with Phil, there's a couple of things that have gone on since the weekend, including Hell in a Cell, which I thought was a great pay per view. I'm not going to do a review of it because I. It's just not something I'm going to do today, but I really, really thought it was a it was a good pay-per-view. It was one of the best I've seen in a while. I thought Raw was pretty good last night as well. Um, very much looking forward to the fight between Groves and uh, um, Cox at the, at the weekend, which I think it's only going to go one way. I think George Groves will win. My prediction is round number seven for all you gamblers. Go and uh, put a punt on for... Uh, a KO or a TKO in round seven for George Groves, which will set up a fight between him and Eubanks, which is the money fight in boxing at the moment. Well, within the UK anyway, it is the money fight in boxing at the moment. And it's the only fight I want to see in boxing at the moment, to be honest with you, because there will be no corruption. There will be nothing. It will be two guys that are just going to whoop each other's ass, and I can't wait to see who comes out on top. But uh, yeah, that's just a quick, uh, quick rundown of, of uh, a few of the things that have gone over the weekend. The weekend wasn't uh, wasn't that exciting. Um, it was kind of quiet, which is definitely a lie because it's never quiet here at Dynamo's Dozen. It was actually quite wild, but uh, we won't go into that. Um, what's coming up this week? Big shout out to Ireland. Ireland are now in the playoffs uh, to possibly get to the World Cup, which. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. It was a pretty boring match, if I'm if I'm being honest. But at the same time, I think the boredom went away because of how 
tense it was. We did what we needed to do, and we're going to get there. I, I honestly believe we're going to get there. What's a World Cup without Ireland? Yeah, exactly. So, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get myself ready. I'm going to compose myself. So I'm going to talk to a, uh, a champion of all Ulster right now. And uh, I'm going to welcome him to the show in just a moment. So, Phil, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Dynamo, what's the story with you? Ah, I've no complaints, my friend. How have you been? What have you been up to? Eh, not much. Wrestling, working. That's the usual thing. Wrestling and working. Yep. It's never easy for the working man, is it? No, no. no. <laughs> right, Phil. with you? You what? Everything good with you? Everything is great. I'm actually uh, delighted to have you on the show. Um, absolutely, like a pleasure. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to uh, to talk to us. Um. I guess I'm going to jump straight into it, Phil, because I know you're that kind of guy, you're black and white, you don't like messing around. No, I don't. Straight hey, to the point, let's go. Straight to the point. So, let's start at the beginning. Where did it all start for you when it came to wrestling? Ah, uh, it all started bright, didn't it? Like, but I mean, even even beyond that, where did it start for you when you were growing up? What was it that, that got you interested in wrestling, you know? Um... I was just watching WWF at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Like all kids around the block, you just grew, you were out in the field and you wanted to be Hulk Hogan, you wanted to be Ultimate Warrior, then you wanted to be Stone Cold and The Rock. Yeah. Then what turned into just being a, just watching something on TV. Yeah. Great thing about the internet then is you can Google search anything and all that. Then I found out about this training skill out in Brady, old Hamlock School. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it all went from there then. I just said to give it a go, see if, see what it'd be like and just fell in love with it from the from the get-go so you mentioned there like the likes of stone cold and the rock did you have any particular favorites that kind of made you was there some guy back in the day that made you go shit i want to be him i want to i want to i want to get into i want to get involved in wrestling so i can be like him yeah it was it was x-pac x-pac yeah x-pac yeah there's one that you don't hear all the time i like that yeah i know i, I often have to say that now when i get into but uh yeah. Like, yeah, X-Pac was my lad when I was out in the grass. You were X-Pac? The lads, I was always X-Pac. They were Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold, I was X-Pac. I like that, I like that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's very easy to say Stone Cold and The Rock, like you say, but X-Pac. So you obviously looked at guys like X-Pac and, and probably thought, you know what, he's a bit of a smaller guy, you know, a bit more, you could probably relate to him a little bit more. What are you, what are you, um, what are you trying to say? Like us, we're not we're not the biggest, Phil. <laughs> you call me short. Well, you're the same height as me, so I'm short too. So. <laughs> I'll let that one slide. <laughs> All right, so yeah, fair enough. You you mentioned there as well that um, you know, you 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 found the school on Google or something like that. I mean, um, so what age do you reckon you were when you thought, right, that's it, I want to be a pro wrestler? Seventeen. Seventeen. 100%. So it would have been when the school came about. That would have been perfect timing for you, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't a thing back then where there was training schools or there was a knowledge of training schools. No, no, none. You didn't know. None. You didn't know how to get into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Google wrestle training on the off chance that I'd find a school in America and then bam, something popped up that was in Bray and I said, oh, fuck, oh, gotta get on this now. Yeah, yeah. Seven years when I searched for it, seven years when I started. Yeah. Two weeks later, bam, I was straight to Bray. So you were straight to Bray. I mean, you're you're right actually because I mean even even back in like the early two thousands, the only way you would have saw any kind of training skill would have been in like a Power Slam magazine or something like that. 
Yeah, that's actually that's actually a fair point. I used to say used to say a few things advertised in that like. Yeah, I think but that's when it kind of the wheel started to turn. I said, "Oh, geez, maybe the stuff's more closer to home." I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, take me take me back then to uh, Hammerlock Dublin when you when the training skill when you did find the training skill and uh, you went down. What was your what was your first thoughts when you first got into the school? definitely a few heads down there like that you know you just you just knew to avoid like there was one lad um, I can't remember his name anyway he used to uh, he used to have this big ponytail and he was short like me but I said oh no I'll avoid him but generally like uh, that was Ian Kelly I'm pretty sure it sounds that name sound, rings a bell that sounds like there. him yeah um, <laughs> I like but, uh, it no generally guys were spot on I was lucky enough to I was looking short it was a whole busload of lads that I could sort of start with and sort of learn the basics with together. So, and it was a good group, like a good solid group, and a lot of them are still going now. Like so, that was like that was like that was lucky from my end. Like, yeah, it was a, <clears throat> it was actually a time where you did have a lot of lot of guys training at that school. To be fair, didn't you? Um, you know, there was a lot of locals. There was a lot of guys like you mentioned coming down from Kildare, from all all parts of the country, really. Oh yeah! Oh, we pushed those bright lads out of that school quick. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, all us, all us outsiders just came in. Southsiders came in and ruined it for everyone. <laughs> no, it was it was great though. It was a great time. Um, you know, as you mentioned, like we were all we were all kind of guys that knew nothing really at the time. You know, um, in terms of trainers, Paul and Fergal, what did you think of those guys when you first went in? What was your first impressions? Uh, didn't talk to Paul for two years. Two years. And yeah, you wouldn't be the first. Years, you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure me and Paul didn't didn't exchange pleasantries for a good two years while I was down there. Um, Fergal, Fergal was way more welcoming. Like he was probably the first lad I bumped into, and like just uh, yeah, he was just he was just on the ball. He got me set up, introduced me to a few people. Like, but yeah, he was definitely. A lot more approachable than Paul was at the time. Okay, okay, but in terms of in terms of coaching wise, Paul kind of just got down to business, yeah. Uh, coaching wise, I I couldn't really split them at that time. Yeah, coaching wise, like like they weren't really like chalk and cheese, if you know what I mean. Like, like yeah, were, I never felt like I never felt like oh Fergal would Fergal's Fergal's not teaching us something good, so. Paul would jump in or vice versa like Paul wasn't doing that good and then and Fergal would jump in like I guess the two of them were like on the ball but sure they were still learning at the time as well like they were still going over the Hamelock camps and all like, yeah. just regurgitating basically what what Andre was teaching him like, yeah 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 absolutely no I couldn't agree more like, hindsight is a great thing like but at the time like obviously anything anything said you just gospel like you know yeah yeah I mean we took it we took it to the bank and, and and tried to cash it, but nothing. You know what I mean. It was it was just the way it was. Um, so do you, tell me, Phil. Do you remember? Do you actually remember your first ever pro match? Uh, do you mean like a trainee match or my, my first first match like, like your, on the show? Yeah, your first match in a show environment with you know with with, with yeah, me and me and me and Paddy Morrow in uh in the Wolf Town in old tree. I think it was in, in September old tree. In the community September centre. September twenty eighth, two thousand three. Yeah. Uh, it's one in the community centre, wasn't it? That was the community centre. Yeah. The, they called it the 
Madison Square Garden of Ireland. It, it certainly was. For wrestling, it was. I mean, some of the best ever yeah. matches in Irish wrestling history took place in that building. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like it's... It's, uh, it's, still, a, it's still a mecca to me, like... Definitely hope it's not the end of wrestling in there, like... But, um... Yeah, it was definitely Paddy Morrow's first match, I remember. Clear as day, pretty much. And tell- every move that happened in it. Oh, really? And how, you, perfect. That's awesome. So, because I was literally just about to ask you, like, how how did it feel when you stood behind the curtain first when you knew you were making your debut? You know, and and did it go as as you thought it would? Yeah. Now, in fairness, I put a lot of prep into that one. Yeah. Like thousands more percent than I put prep into matches these days. Yeah. But like. I just remember standing behind the curtain, you're nervous, excited, all that sort of thing. I burst through the curtain, forgot every single, every single thing. I was just blanked, I was gone, I was like a deer in the headlights. I was literally just walking around the ring, giving my best to the crowd and then just hoping it would come back to me. Like I still remember standing in the ring across from Paddy and not knowing what to do. The second we locked up, like yeah, and yeah. The second we locked up, second we locked up, it just clicked, bam, everything, and uh, yeah, and it all it all went smoothly afternoon. It's like one of those kind of things where like the the build up of it was was more in your head, but once once you knew what you were doing, then it was it was completely uh, it it was just right. I know what I know where we are now. Yeah, it's just a, it's adrenaline, like like the same with any sport, like the occasion can. The occasion of a cup final or something like that can like can play in your mind as well. But then you know if you were playing the soccer match, you went one 0 down. Suddenly you don't care now. You're losing like so you gotta like you switch off. You forget it's a cup final. Like well, that's kind of the way I, I would see it. Like you know, yeah. it's just big occasion for me. But the second we locked up, then you know you had to go. You had to you had to just do it. Like you couldn't just stand there for ten minutes and yeah, as you get booed out of the building, like, yeah, yeah. worse. Well, I mean, you talk like that was two thousand and three. I mean, we're talking like fourteen years ago. What, describe, in your opinion, what the what the wrestling scene in Ireland was like back then to you, and even just in general. Um, I'd say it's I'd say it's exactly what it's like for anyone coming into it now, myself. But uh, like, it's all it's all newish. Like in hindsight, in hindsight, it was probably run very poorly. Like, yeah, but. Uh, like even the even the training and the the matches we used to have, like you were saying, like some of the top matches. I think it was some of the top matches at the time, you know. Well, at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, like it was. I think we were sort of um, on top of things. Like we were like we were really pushing the limits, like and and we were setting the bar back then. But the the bar has definitely been raised in the last like like you're saying 14 or 15 14 years since like, of course it's, it's yeah. just a completely different ball game like you know yeah everything evolves and, and, and it, it generally evolves for the better you know what I mean um, so when was your do you remember your first uh, travelling experience in wrestling the first time you travelled and, and wrestled elsewhere oh um, I think like you hit the states I, I know you hit the states That was way later. Was it? All right, fine, fine. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely was the Hammerlock trips then. Right, like, right, right. And he's right. going on to Andre, and then 
training for two days and then doing the Hammerlock shows. They were the first sort of trips. Like, they were good as well because like you never went over on your own. You always went over with like the Irish guys. Like there was usually a gang of like at least three of us, maybe even eight of us going over at once sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. So even though it felt like you were wrestling in a different different place, it didn't really like you still had your your mates there to watch your back and. And, like, it did get a bit heated, I remember, at times between the Irish and the English guys, particularly when Andre used to say, do those big battle royals, and you'll just get in and just, yeah, there seemed to be a bit of a, definitely a few receipts, like a bit of... A few, few potatoes thrown. A bit of one-upmanship between us and them trying. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a thing, Andre, yeah. Andre took it. I have to remember, in, in those rumbles, like... Are you there? Yeah, yeah, just that. Uh, that rumble, like, there's lots in there that, yeah, like, there's obviously a few just never did anything afterwards, like, but I was in those, those rumbles with, like, I know Zack Sabre Jr. was definitely in those rumbles, like. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was definitely in them. I remember seeing him in them, and, like, a lot of the old UK lads, like Danny Garnell and all the boys, like, um, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Havid was was probably in them at that stage, or Jimmy maybe Havid. he just came in afterwards. I'm not sure. Like, but um, yeah, yeah, there was definitely some gems in those rumbles. Like, uh, even though we were all just a bunch of trainees, like who weren't even good enough for a singles match at the time. Like, but I guess it was. I guess it was a case of you guys going over to the UK trying to show in in a, in, a, in a lot of ways that you guys were were better. You were trying to show that you were better. Oh yeah, like because the pressure was all on us. Like, like we were the we were the we were the founders of the of the Irish scene. Like, yeah, like there wasn't a generation before me. Like, never, never. Um, so like, but the UK scene's been there for for decades now. So like, they were all well used to the shows and stuff like that. But we were the we were trying to prove points here. Like to say like, well, you better keep an eye on the Irish scene because because we've we've got some and we did and we did have some decent talent over there. Like a, better than the better than the UK lads at one point. I remember like. Well, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we were only talking to Johnny Moss there on the show there uh, a few weeks ago. And he always remembered the Irish guys coming over and impressing. So it was, uh, it was, it was obviously, it was obviously done was, in the right way. It was me. <laughs> it was you. It was you. It was me, yeah. It, it was fun with me. It was definitely you. 100%. <laughs> I didn't hear him mention a ponytail guy, so it was definitely you. <laughs> um, so, in terms of uh, in terms of back in the day, I'm talking like circa 2003 to say 2007, eight maybe. Who were who were your favourite opponents back in them days? Uh, Paddy Morrow oh, was very good. Justy very good. Uh, like I, I got to wrestle Fergal a couple of times, like but. Be honest, not not as many as I would have liked. So he would be in the list, but again, more so that he he started to, he went off did his own thing. Yeah, who else was really good? Like, like the fingers hooligans were, were were really good. Like, just enjoyed doing matches with Keith and Robbie and and just trying to think about all those lads back there. Heavy D and all. I I liked having matches with Heavy D. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, trying to think about all those guys. Like I like Bean. Like Paul Bean. I used to used to really really. Gel with it in the ring, like yeah. Used to get on great with him, like um, yeah. There's probably a couple others that I'm just not thinking about, like but um, 
yeah, generally they, that would be that be the top guys that come to mind straight away off the bat. So here's a harder question then: Who is the best that you've ever worked ever? Best ever. That you've ever worked with, yeah. Just on the Irish scene, or? Um, yeah, we'll say the Irish scene, yeah. Uh, it'd probably be, it'd probably be Paddy Morrow, like, to be fair, like, he, he just had a, he had a, yeah, he had a, he had a, when, back in that day, like, Paddy Morrow was king, like, that was it, like, it was just... Paddy Morrow, I mean, is one of the best ever, in general, yeah. in, in the ring, you know, without, without a doubt. I know, he's, I know we've all got old and he's drifted away from it, but at that time when everyone was, like, dedicated to it, he was, like, he could just, he could pretty much do anything, like, for a, for a lad who looked like a, looked like a toothpick, like, he, he had this ability to be in main event matches, face or heel, open the matches, he could work anywhere in the card, like, he could do pretty much anything, not just, not just swanton bombs, he could, he could tell stories with his face, like, his body, everything, like, you know, um, yeah, no, he was, he was, yeah, he'd probably, yeah, he, he, he definitely probably. Yeah, so Paddy Mara was definitely one of the guys that, that you would, uh, he was definitely your favourite opponent anyway. Um, in terms of. Top that list, I'd say. In terms of, um, I mean, I mentioned at the top of the show, I gave you a nice little intro in here, and uh, I mentioned that from 2004, you actually took over the, uh, the the kind of the reins in the training school. How did that all come about? Um, I, I might have been, I might have been 2004. I might have been a bit, just a little bit later, like five or six. Okay, but, okay. Um, it's only because legitimately, like, legitimately. Paul Tracy wanted to walk away from me, and well, Fergal had walked away already, and Paul wanted to walk away, and they just he just set us all down, and he just said, look, someone's going to have to take it over, or we're going to close it down, and then myself, I started off myself, Justy, and Adam Abs, and Adam Abs initially took it over. Yeah, I remember, um, yeah, yeah. And then, ah, sure, a load of things happened. Then we don't need to go into details about it, it's all in the past. But, okay, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, Either way, Absy walked, and then it was down to me and Justy. And then I wouldn't say Justy walked; he just he didn't commit a, as much time to it as I did. And yeah. that's when I kind of took over the reins, like full on, like. And you and you did, but you you didn't just take over the reins. To be fair to you, Phil, like you you you've brought it from where it was then into where it is now. And I mean, a lot of credit has to go to you for that. Um, you know, I mean, oh, you, like. A hundred percent, like, like, and I, and I, I don't really talk about myself. I don't really like talking about myself in a, in a sort of ambiguous fashion or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, when that split happened, and all the guys I trained with, like your Paddy Morrows and all that, didn't want to train in the skill where I was the trainer, and that's for let's let's put a spade a spade, because at the end of the day, I was just Phil, who was one of the guys who trained with them. Yeah. So I can understand why they all didn't want to do it. Okay. But then you had the other half that like. The Adam Abs half where with James Devon and all those boys, they all they all pretty for it. It's like there was a split and instead of one group staying and the other group leaving, both yeah. groups just left. And okay. I was just sort of left there on my own. And there was two people training. It was me and one other lad on a Sunday on a Sunday in Bray and we were due to and the rent was we we were struggling for the rent. We were yeah. actually nailing the coffin sort of stuff. Yeah. And well from there, like, 
in fairness, I owe it to a lot of a lot of good people who came down and they sort of helped me build the club back up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that thing, that, that club would be gone if I hadn't put the work in back in the day. It's all easy now because the skill, the skills now in North Strand, and we've more members than we can count. And wrestling's cool again. Yeah. And everyone wants to come back to it, but at the end of the day, I was the one who kept the sort of NWA alive back then, even though we weren't called NWA, but, like, at the end of the day, Fight Factory Pro Wrestling was just a name that we came up with, and the coach, when when Paul Tracy said, oh, well, you just can't use NWA anymore, and we were like, why not? And he was like, oh, well, it's been, it's like, it's not a part of the NWA anymore, so you just have to come up with your own thing. So, FFPW at the start was just four, four words to me. Like, it was just literally keeping the NWA school open. Yeah, I got but, you. And I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you how the name change came about, but you kind of segued into it, so I appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's that's it. Like, like, and to me, like, and this, like, it does, it's one of the pet peeves about it all when people say, oh, they, like, they're, they're NWA for life. Like, doing one or two years in the school doesn't mean you were an NWA for life to me like like I've been there for 15 years and I've like I've put I it's been part of my life non-stop since the start like well I mean you put like, you so put some of your own you put some of your own hard-earned money into that school to keep it going yeah back back at back at that time I had to yeah yeah you know more money than I more money than I care to remember yeah, but I mean, look, it's paying dividends now, and I mean, like, when you look back when it did start getting good again for you, what was it like to run a school? What was it like to run a wrestling school? You know, did did you get the same enjoyment from it? Um, I still get the I still get the enjoyment over. Yeah, like the guys we have down there now, like, are just like if I didn't enjoy, it, I wouldn't really be there, like. Well, let's mention so let's mention some of the guys that you've actually let's mention um, some of the guys that that are, are coming out of the school now. We got like Katie Harvey. I mean, uh, she she's well she's well 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 on her way now. She's she's yeah, yeah. she's well out there. Like absolutely, I couldn't I couldn't definitely my favorite female wrestler to watch without a shadow of a doubt. Um, the Super Nintendo Bros. I mean, those guys just put up an awesome video. Uh, the other day, which you can check out on Five Factory uh, on Facebook as well. I mean, like, those guys impress me definitely. Um, like they're a year in, they're a year in. They're training three times a week, and like even there last night, we were all training. And like one of them, one of them was there in the ring, and he's struggling, struggling with these spots. So they're not, they're not the finished product by any stretch, training wise. Okay, but like they're progressing something fierce like but yeah. that's the good thing is it's to see the progress like you know what I mean like, yeah yeah to yeah, see yeah. them go from training matches to proper shows and now they've and the whole thing about it is they've they, in fairness to them they've grabbed that ball like and they're they're willing to go for it like yeah and um, yeah. just yeah a couple of couple, a year or two is more more training and more match experience and they'll be really 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 set to go or maybe before that like depending because they've done a quite good rise start now yeah, and then we got guys like LJ Cleary and Nathan Martin as well. Two two guys that are, I mean, LJ Cleary is phenomenal. Yeah, like he's been he's been with us for now five years, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, phenomenal. He pretty much helps coach lads down there now as well. Uh, he's gonna be a, a full boy crony. Um. Yeah, and then Nathan as well. Nathan's not not as not as experienced, but he's just. 
Yeah, he's very he's very good in the ring. He's very technical. Like he's on the way. There's a, there's a whole there's a whole group of them down there. Like Darren Carney, there's a lad called Damian Knight. Uh, Clayton Long's doing quite well. Uh, Valkyrie or Lady Valkyrie, she's calling herself now, is is phenomenal as well. Okay. Um, yeah, Katie, Katie's doing really good. Like, um, she's she's really like at least self promoting. She's probably doing the best job of everyone. Yeah. Um, and that's that's to, part and parcel of it too, right? Yeah, well, that's, that's always been my biggest downfall, was that I was never able to self-promote. Okay. I'm not saying it was my only downfall, but it was definitely my biggest downfall. Okay. I never could, I never really bothered with the social media game. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I just, I don't really, I don't really need to see the need for likes or retweets. It doesn't really, it's not something that bothers me in the slightest. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, you're old school. You're old school. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. I'm, I think I'm just... And that's the problem. Like I think I just just fell out of the whole new school bracket. If I had actually started four years later, I'd probably be doing better for myself because I'd realise how important social media is with everyone. But I understand it works out for a lot of people. Like a lot of people are literally are literally only making a name for themselves through the social media. Like the wrestling's like muck in the ring, but like because they create a buzz about themselves, then they they seem like they're doing better than they are. Like, and there's know, plenty of them. There's plenty of them. Oh, yeah, but, like, I can't fault them, like... No, no. Like, it's, it is the way to go, like... It's yeah. just... It's just something I never... And I probably don't really see myself ever really try... I tried it a couple of times. It was just... I just... Too much. The internet doesn't interest me at well, all, in the slightest. Yeah, and, I, I mean, that's that's fair enough. I mean, like, some, some people are kind of old school. Some people like to watch the wrestling old school. Some people like... You know what I mean? And, and that's that's not a bad thing. But I mean, some of the guys and girls that you've mentioned there, um, like these are your guys. These are your talent that you brought through. So we've we've gone on from from when the when the school first started. These are the guys that you are now bringing through. So I mean, that's something that's that's got to make you so proud. Um, I mean, I know you've got a guy over in uh, Lance Storms Academy as well. Um, I know you probably want to give him a special mention as well. I already did. Oh, you did, you did. My yeah. apologies. That must have been when you were breaking up. Sorry. <laughs> um, but right. So, in terms of the fact that you've changed now um, from from Bray to, um, to to Dublin, have you noticed a benefit moving locations or? Oh yeah, like that. That's that was the one thing. Like like everyone always said, like the the train mountain in Bray at the time was was the best in the country like and it's, yeah. it still is even though we moved like yeah. like nothing's changed like the attitude's still there from the end of grey days yeah. or at least I, I install it I instill it anyway into the guys like gotcha yeah but like but yeah the move is the move's been like we were losing well I can't really fault people like they see one training skills out in Inchicore and one's in Bray I understand 100% why they would go to Inchicore if they're coming from Dublin like because yeah. it knocks half an hour and an hour on the return off the commute, like you know. Yeah. And um, and you don't know the difference between like three letters here and, and three letters there. Like they're just, it's just wrestling to you at the start. Like the same way, like yeah, when we all started out it was NWA or Irish wrestling, and like you couldn't really join anyone. Like but like uh, it's just yeah. I was just I was lucky to go down to NWA. The move, the move. Everyone from the school in Bray moved with us. And yeah. we, then we doubled the numbers with the location change. So we got like 
complete brand new people coming down. They were like, oh yeah, always wanted to train in Fight Factory. Uh, it's just too far to commute. Now he has a hair, I can train more regularly. Like, yeah. So yeah, the, the, the city center location now is, 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 is doing wonders. Like, But I think it's the reputation we built out in Bray that's, that's, that's helping that, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it was, was it was it sad for you personally um, to kind of to leave the Bray location? Um, it would have been it would have been if I had went down a different way. Yeah, um, I got you. It was a, it was a dispute with the landlord. Like it wasn't as if we didn't have, we didn't pay the rent or anything. Like uh, the landlord sold the building from out, from out underneath us, and and I just at that point I was just like fuck him, keep it. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it was like like I just. At the end of the day, I kept it open for so many years because it was the place I started. Even yeah. when, like, even when, like, everyone was saying, even Fergal was like, "Move the gym into Dublin, move the gym to Dublin." I was like, "No, no, no. This is this is our school. Like, this is where we started." Um, when it was kind of taken away from us from underneath our feet, I thought, I sort of like said, "I will look. This is probably the push we needed." Uh, like, I was never going to jump. I need to get pushed. If if he if he was still if he hadn't have done that, we'd still be out in Bray. We'd still be. Just just struggling along, like you know. But um, the moves, the, since the moves happened, like we're we've just we've just gone on the up, like we've just it's just gone. It's just and the thing about it is, it's not even just what we've done now. It's what we're gonna do. Like we really are. We do really have good plans here now to to start, and we're we're self sufficient as well. Like we don't owe no one half owns us or like owns our ring or anything like that. Like so we can do what we can do what we want now and like like like. Yeah, so it's 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 just you've got every, you've got everything you need. Yeah, you've you've you've, you've you basically you've got yourself a home now. You've got everything that you need within that home, and therefore you're ready to kind of move on. You know, would that be fair to say? Hello. Right, so Phil, you were just mentioning there. Sorry, we had a bit of a bit of a system issue there. So Phil, you were just mentioning there that you, you had a lot bigger plans for the school now, and obviously with with bigger numbers, and um, that you're down, you know, that you're getting down at the school, it gives you a lot more, uh, gives you a lot more ability to 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 grow and to do more shows as well with Fight Factory again as well. Yeah. We're definitely more located to to sort of expand our show range. Like it's literally just trying to find venues now that work that we're we're working on. But like we've so many guys that that are just that are just itching at the bit and they're ready to go. Like it's like having a it's like having a football team that's like has thirty players on it. Like yeah, that just and you're just trying to find friendlies to to like get give them all game, a shot, like, like so they can all get better and stuff like. But um. Yeah, so that's that's the that's kind of what we're planning for the next little while is yeah. is the epi- the episodes thing down the east wall. I've gone off right like the last two. Uh, I really feel like we've we've we're we're onto something there. We're we're, we're building good storylines and stuff like that. Yeah, and then um, the fans of like we've got more people in to each of the shows each time. So like we sold out the last one. We had to get chairs in the back uh, just so people just so everyone could sit and some people had to stand. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but like episode three is gonna be our is gonna be our, our next big show. But we're gonna try and plan some smaller some smaller shows just to just to sort of blood some new new people onto the roster. Like, okay, and you've got any uh, you've got any kind of 
um, set dates for people that they can they can go and see the shows or oh, not nothing right now. Okay. If you had asked me this, if you had asked me this in a week, I'd have I'd have a good few dates. But but that's no problem. Um, well, listen, say, Phil, that's no problem because here at Dynamo's doesn't. I'm gonna give them those dates in a week anyway, so it's no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's because every, it's like three shows, just ninety percent confirmed. But we're just we're trying to just nail them down at the moment. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and for yourself, I suppose you're the current PWU All Ulster Champion, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So how are you enjoying your own wrestling experience today as well? What 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 other belt do I currently have at the moment? What other belt do you currently have? Yeah, let me see what research research you put into this now. Ah, now you you've caught me there now. In fairness, Johnny Moss caught me with this as well because he told me he was the king of uh, ladders and uh, king the king of ladder matches. So yeah, everyone, everyone knows that Johnny Moss is the king of ladder matches. Yeah, but I gave him a rundown of a million belts, and at the start of the show, you'll see that I mentioned a lot of belts for you as well. So. <laughs> I'm the I'm the F, FWF heavyweight champion as well at the moment in Belgium. In Belgium Flemish, as well. Flemish Flemish wrestling force. Yeah, just over there last. I was just over there last Thursday defending the belt. Uh, one day trip and yeah, still still the champ over there too. And the all us champion in PWF. And in fairness, at the top of the show, I did mention the FWF tag team title that you held as well. So. Oh, I had that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So just just so you know. You know? Yeah, no, add, add the heavyweight title to that list. Okay, well, well, I apologise. At least you know I did do research then, because I did have the tag team championship. Like, you know, <laughs> you what? You told me if I came on this, you'd be bigging me up. Oh, yeah, I am bigging you up. If, if, if I came on this, you'd be bigging me up. You'd turn me into a star. I will listen at waiting you hear the show in its entirety when you hear it at the start. I even gave you your old entrance music if you remember that what that was. I do, yeah. Of course you do. <laughs> so how many different how many different fills have we had? We've had Phil the Trill. Yep. Yep. We've had uh, Philly the Kid. Yeah. Well, Phil the Kid's retired definitely. In indefinitely or just forever. Uh, definitely. Um, never say never in wrestling, but definitely not not in the not in the short term or the medium term goals anyway. To bring to bring the cowboy hat back. Okay, and then. Um, PWU just seem to be booking you as Phil Boyd. Well, yeah, Phil the Trill Boyd. Like it, yeah. it's still Phil the Trill Boyd. I just, I just. You're always happy. gonna, you're always gonna be the Trill to to, to Yeah, everyone. I'm happy, I'm happy to go Phil Boyd. I build myself as Phil Boyd more so. Like yeah, um, yeah. There is a, there is a, there is a another incarnation in the works. But again, I'm not giving away any spoilers yet. But in the next six months, it'll be, it'll be out there and ready to go. So we're in the next half a year. We're going to see a, another version of oh, Phil. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've already started to put the. I've already started to put the groundwork together. Like okay. I'm a slow burner. I like to take my time with these sort of things. The hash, hashtag make Phil by the champ again worked. Got, got I was gonna bring that up. I was gonna bring that up. I was gonna bring that up. That that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. From what was a throwaway comment on Facebook? Anyway, it yeah. just kind of took off a bit of steam and and voila. So social media, social media has worked for you. Oh yeah, one hundred percent works. That's what I was saying earlier on. Like. There you go, there you go. But you didn't intentionally mean that. That's the thing. Yeah, I had, a, I had a, had a sneaky. I did, I did, I did, I did intentionally mean it. I just didn't think it would pay off. So. Yeah, you don't run a school successfully for as long as you have without knowing what you're doing. To be fair. Yeah, 
I think I think that's fair to say. But also, you just mentioned there as well. That goes back to your old school uh, roots, like you mentioned. You're very old school. It's uh, you know you you like to um, you like to have the slow burn, the slow build. You know, you like to let things take its course naturally rather than just throw it out there. You know, and that's. Uh, yeah. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So you're, I mean, for a lot of people here, I mean, anyone who's involved in Irish wrestling knows that you are, uh, you, you, yourself and Katie are, are like the power couple in Irish wrestling. Um, how proud of you, on a personal note, uh, how proud of you are, should I say, how proud of her are you? Oh, God. I'm, uh, I'm extremely, extreme. Extremely proud. Yeah. You're gonna make me sound like a softy here now. Well, I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, she's um. He's fantastic. Like, really, really. It's not just the stuff she does in the ring. It's the stuff she does outside the ring as well. Like, she's really, really cares about nurturing the next, the next crop of people coming up as well. So, yeah. No, on a wrestling, on a wrestling front, on a, on a personal front, like she's, 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 she's. She's in. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. She's so big. Shout out to Katie there. <laughs> um. So Phil, you were over in. Um. Oh, I had to bring this up as well. You were over in Japan for for a bit of time as well. Um. Yeah. What What was that experience like actually? And how do you think that that helped? Um. Kind of mould you, not just as like a, a wrestler but as a coach and as a person as well because I mean that experience obviously has to you know give you life experience too not just wrestling experience like I would have yeah like Japan Japan was Japan was very like um, obviously like just just wrestling in Corrigan Hall and yeah just, like it's Um, it's just just a lot of things though. Just being away from the friends, friends and family. Um, financially, financially, it wasn't great either because here's the whole thing about, about wrestling in Ireland. Like even for those, even for those people who are like they like full time wrestlers in Ireland. Like that's generally that's just generally a load of bullshit. Like it's generally some guy who's getting paid fifty quid a week for doing a show. But he's collecting 188 on the scratcher, yeah. and he thinks they're a full time because they don't have a full time job. Like, gotcha. Like the thing I found in Japan was that they didn't pay us enough. That was straight off the bat. Like, um, they actually for some of the shows I got paid less than I would have got paid if I had it on an NLW show in the moat. Yeah. Um, at the time, and and uh, like the thing about it is, like I said, I'm not in it for the money, but. Even at even at that time, if you were unemployed, which I was, because I gave up my job to go, then I was I would have still got one hundred eighty eight quid every week over here, but I was I wasn't getting any second sort of subsidy over there, like so I was literally going show to show, trying to buy food and stuff like that, just trying to survive. Like, yeah. so as cool as it was to live over there, as cool as the training was, as cool as zero one was in general, like it was very very they made it very hard to to live off. Like you know, it was like. It was it was it was a real highs and lows sort of situation and and like too many lows too many lows to make me desire to go back right away if that makes sense. 
No, that makes all the sense, in fairness. Of course it does. I mean, you you got to eat, right? Yeah, like you'd be surprised how your mood can change when you're when you're when you're scraping change off the floor just to try to go get some food. Like you know, like it's it was it was it was that bad. Like it was like it was real. It was real. It wasn't like wasn't it wasn't like. And the thing about it is, like when you're over there, like I was saying, you're wrestling in Corrigan Hall. You're having journalists coming up to you asking you all these questions. Like they show you these pictures that you're in magazines. They show you this. They show you that you're on TV and stuff like that. Like you, you're from the outside in. You look like a superstar, but like from the inside, it definitely was. It definitely didn't feel like that case most days. Like, like sometimes the office would take us out for meals and stuff like that, and it'd be a sponsor meal or something like that. But like definitely too far, far, and like, like there was just too much of a, too many days in between. Then like you might you might get fed well at the weekend, but then midweek when you're training Monday to Friday, like it was definitely a definitely a struggle just trying to. Just trying to keep the body replenished, like it was just it was it was tough, like it was really, really tough, like. But what? It's an experience though that obviously helped kind of put things into perspective for you as well. I'm sure. Yeah, like that's that's the whole thing. Like I think that was the whole, like I was all about. Oh no, I gotta make, I gotta make it like, WWE Japan, do all this, la la la, and then kind of when I came back from that, and maybe it maybe it knocked me for a bit and realized that all the stuff, all the stuff that all the stuff back in Ireland and, and the after Ireland wasn't even that wasn't even going as strong as it is now that yeah. or the UK or even Europe where it's just in for one day back like, like that trip to Belgium on Thursday like out to, out Thursday morning wrestle Thursday Thursday afternoon back Friday morning I don't miss much of my day like like I'm 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 back in the country people don't even realise I'm gone but I've gone and done it while to go to Japan I was gone for like three four months like and it was like there was just there was no like just going home to get a get a get a hot dinner or anything like that. Like you were there and you were stuck there. Like yeah. so it was kind of it was kind of good. Like and it kind of helped me. And it's not a case that I never lived. Like I used to live used to live in Galway and stuff like that. Like so like it's a, not a case of like I, I wasn't I wasn't used to being a a hot like I was a home bird and I wasn't used to living on my own. Like it was just it was just really tough to live. Like so yeah, it definitely makes me feel happier about staying in Ireland and, and yeah got friends and family things to do with wrestling and without wrestling like so it's not something that it's not something that appeals to me right now 15 years in but I would definitely recommend anyone starting out to try do it like because it just it you have to go to experience it like and it might be better for them so like for me it just didn't it didn't it wasn't it wasn't the 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 shebang that the uh that they promised me that. And I mean, I guess, I guess it gives you experience in, in, like you say, you've guys going to Canada and stuff like that as well, and all across the world trying different countries. It gives you a chance to give them advice on possibly how to better prepare for for uh, the grass not always being greener. Yeah, I said I said that to Darren before I left. He said like, I was like, like go enjoy yourself, like, but. I did actually use. I think I might use the term "the grass isn't always greener." Like, yeah. And I think he figured that out there a few weeks ago. I think he did a show in Canada, and there was twenty people at like. Yeah. And like, I think we had just done East Wall, and there was two hundred and twenty people at like. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, <laughs> he's the one that he's the one that flew himself over there, but missed out. And oh, I think in fairness, now he did the East Wall show. There was a there was another show afterwards. I can't remember, but um, 
yeah, he missed out on that to do wrestling for the 20 people in Canada. But again, unless you go and do it, you don't know. And it's always like, I was the same when I went over, I went over to wrestling Canada, wrestling for the 20 people in more states than I can count in Vermont. I definitely remember there was a small crowd in Tennessee. Uh, yeah, there was definitely a, definitely a, I'm like wrestling in a, in a car park outside of Walmart in front of 30, 40 people who were just going to dock and like, like yeah. that's, that was like, you know what I mean? That, that was the, that was America. Like, you know, that was American wrestling. That was the thing. Like, but that's, that's what I mean. It's not necessarily like WWE is good. Uh, I don't, I'm not even sure if they're still going. Impact. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, if you're with the WWE, everything's rosy. It's five star. But there's definitely worse promotions. There's a lot worse promotions in our, in the USA and the UK and and spots around Europe that are doing worse than what we're doing over here. Like, well, that's it. I'd agree because I mean, like, I always liken it to like a. Um you know, to, a, to to say having a rock crowd, being on stage in front of a rock crowd and then being on stage, you know, or, you know, your stage is a wrestling ring, you know. Um, but it's, it's, it's two different components altogether because with a rock crowd, you need maybe one or two people that are possibly just into it. Whereas with a wrestling show, you need more than 20 people, you know. It, it it's it, it panders to um to a big kind of audience to to make it feel like it's you're doing something worthwhile almost you know. Well, like I'd rather I'd like. Say that about the the two thousand okay. people at the at the Liberty Hall show. Um. Yeah, not the Liberty Hall show, the the, the National Stadium show. Oh, sorry, the National Stadium. Yeah, when we when you had like two thousand people there, you know, it's easier to pander to a crowd full of two thousand people. Yeah, like than it is in front of twenty people. Like it just makes t- the wrestling's wrestling simple in front of bigger crowds, like than than smaller ones, like so. And it is it is true because you brought up like as you said you could put up your you could put up your baby finger you could put up your index finger and just make a salute at a crowd if you're say a heel for example and they're gonna give or you a heat face. or a face yeah exactly or a face um, and they're gonna give you you know the reaction that you want because they're into it and they paid that much money to come and see it you know. Um, but like you mentioned there, like doing something like in front of a Walmart, which is what you've got to do when you go over to the likes of the States or to Canada or wherever it may be. You mentioned Japan earlier. Um, those sort of crowds you're not used to. But I guess that makes you such a better worker as well in the process. Yeah, well, I would do, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because you're kind of... You're, you're, um, you're, you're kind of aware of, of of what you need to do in order to get a reaction from them without necessarily being uh, profane or anything or having to kind of look for, you know, cheap cheap kind of a cheap heat, so to speak. Um, and, and, and that's something, I guess, for yourself that you, you're able to instill on some of the new talent that you do train. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, but you can explain all these scenarios, but like, until they actually do it, they can't. They don't understand what I'm saying. Like, you know, yeah. And you tell them when they're in the ring, like, always do things in the ring as if there's a, as if there's a hundred people watching you. Like, 
but until they've actually experienced what it's like to wrestle in front of 100 people they can't really relate to it and that's yeah. something as a coach I, I, I'm always quite quite um, quite on the ball with like I, I, I know the difference people and not so not so experienced people and what I should expect of the more experienced people and, and what I shouldn't expect of brand new people through the door not to understand that the facials mean a lot more than the moves like and stuff like that like yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I guess off topic there. Uh, I guess one of the things that you were glad to see when you were back from Japan was to see your beloved Manchester City. And I'd say you're loving seeing Manchester City. You're doing so well now. I always love Man City. It doesn't matter if they're winning or losing. Like. Yeah. Just so happens. Just so happens that we're winning more so now than than we're losing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're flying. We're gonna get in the Champions League and. And the FA Cup and the League Cup and win it all, yeah. So you're going to win four trophies this year, are you? Ah, yeah. I'd sure we'd win a fifth one if it was available. But. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that one. But you did give us a bit of a bit of a, an education there the last uh, the last time we met. So on yeah, the, in fairness, Chelsea were very lucky to keep the 1-0. We were lucky. Well, I don't think it was luck. I think that's just called good defending. But uh, we, you not know. that good defending though. We're good defending. We we lost our best striker, so there we go. It's uh, we if Murata had been playing the way he, uh, he was before he got injured. I think it might have been a different game. But uh, we 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 we'll leave that one for another day. We we'll leave that one for a pub. <laughs> so Phil, where do you see wrestling? And I don't mean just wrestling in general. Actually, no. Wrestling in general, where do you see wrestling in 10 years now? The way it's going. Uh, wrestling will be in the exact same spot it is now. Yeah. At least the mainstream stuff. WWE, as people may shit all over the network and say it's not worth the $9.99 a month. Um, it is though. Pay and watch it anyway. Oh, it's one hundred percent worth it. Like definitely tenor, worth it. Tenor for a month wrestling, like it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Like, well worth it. WWE will still be where they are. They'll still be one of their episodic weekly TV shows. Nothing will change. If anything, they might just get slightly bigger. Yeah, I, I agree. Think, I think the whole oh, ten years. Well, see, ten years ago there was no indie scene. Yeah. Or a very small one, and now we have a massive one. Yeah. So. In 10 years, really, for the Indies or anyone to compete with WWE, I'd be curious if someone will step up. Yeah. Like, I know you have New Japan, but they're, they're in Japan, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, of course. I can, these indie promotions are starting to draw decent numbers, and it's making indie wrestling cool again. But then again, in 10 years, like everyone could hate wrestling. Wrestling won't be cool anymore. And, you know, we could all be back to doing doing shows in front of 50 people in the or 150 people in the wolf town like like it, but here's hoping that's not the case like it is it is all about people coming out and supporting wrestling yeah and not just trying to stream or download or want free matches online it's about getting out and actually paying your 10 euro in to help help offset the cost of wrestling shows and help wrestlers get paid more and also like to actually actually be a part of the show like because that's what I keep telling the lads who are training. I says it's not just you and your opponent. It's not just you, your opponent, your ref. The most important people, the most important person in any match is the fella sitting in the front row, or the or the lady sitting in the front row, or the kids sitting in the front row, or in the Stevie like, Wonder section for that matter. 
yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I keep telling the lads, I don't really give a rat about Mills. Like, yeah. like, like it's cool to hit, kill Mills, but if they're not done at the right time or at the right point in the match, then, like, it's it's no good. Like, so, yeah, that's, I'm not sure how that, how that tangent started, but. No, but no, I like that. I like that. Essentially, what you're saying is like, listen to the crowd. You're trying to you're trying to teach your kids to listen to the crowd, and understand when to do something and when not to. Yeah, but like the the reason what we're trying there now with the new episodes thing is we're going to try build storyline instead of just doing show to show, show to show, and just let randomly put out six matches there. We're we're trying to put trying to put something together that people be interested in. Yeah. But at the same time, if we start doing all this work and people don't come to FFPW show or Fight Factory Pro Wrestling shows, then what's gonna happen is everyone will just lose interest in trying to make the product better. And we'll yeah. all just we'll all just go backwards like but the reason now we're everyone's so hyped about wrestling is because we've got all these new fans that are that are jumping on board, they're being great like and they're supporting the shows so yeah. now we're all like, Yeah, well look they're coming to the shows, let's give them better shows, you know? Like, well, like I find it amazing that some people think wrestling only started two years ago with OTT. Yeah. Like, but they're probably not wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe because maybe we were just arsing about like just doing town to town and you know having these matches, these not 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 throwaway matches, but these matches that were never recorded or or meant nothing whether you, whether the guy won or lost or anything like that. Like, well, now I think we and now I think we're at that we're at that pushing point now where like I think can be if we can start investing in new talent yeah. talent coming through and making every match mean something then you know fans are gonna gonna stick with it and, and we could be in 10 years one of the biggest scene, one of the biggest scenes in the in the world you know well look for me Phil I 100% and I mean I, I, I love listening to your passion I always have in fairness and I've always your your, your passion for the art of pro wrestling is uh you know, it's 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 not just admirable. It's it's uh, it's inherent. It's 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 just brilliant. You know, um, but I can assure you, with this show, this is purely uh, it's it's a thing that, that I will definitely try and promote. Um, you know, all of Irish wrestling, not you know all of it, and uh, let people know where they can find it. Which is going to bring me to my next point. Tell anybody that wants to join Foy Factory how they can find. You know how they can find you guys, and um, what to expect, and you know, yeah, anything else in between, hit me with it. Uh, yeah, they can find us on just search Fight Factory Pro Wrestling Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think we have a Snapchat as well. I don't run those accounts. Like I said, I'm very old school. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, find us on them. Send us a mail. We'll send your mails back. We'll get you set up. Come down to the school. What to expect is top quality training with a bunch of passionate guys who are very cool because they've all been those guys who came down. And we've loads of girls there as well. Actually, we've, we've eight girls training at the moment. Like wow. So um yeah no yeah it's it's, it's some turnaround. That's a first. Days, That's a first. Eight girls. Lynch, yeah. Girl Fucking hell yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, eight, eight girl, eight girls currently training at the moment, like, and uh, yeah, and then a, then a, yeah. So that's it. Get in touch with us if you're interested in coming down. So Foy Factory is on pretty much all social media mediums, from Instagram to Twitter to Facebook, uh, and and the rest. Um, obviously next week I will find out 
the uh, the details of the next show, and I will get them up on next week's episode. Um, yeah. Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today, even though the, the quality wasn't the best for a lot of times, but it didn't matter. The message was there. That's that's okay. that's what mattered. <laughs> um, no, I, I got to say it's been it's been a privilege talking to you. I've known you a long time. It's been uh, it's been great to hear your insight on a lot of things that even we haven't spoken about before. Um, so I really really appreciate you taking your time out today to uh, to speak to us. Yeah, no problem. Okay. All right, and hopefully we'll have you on again, or we'll actually have the next generation of talent on the show again. Yeah. Sure, thank you. Look forward to that. Perfect, buddy. All right. Cheers. All right.